1: a time for celebration. I understand that. We want to celebrate. We want to get with family. What We want to have a time of rejoicing together. But understand fully and completely what this celebration is all about. It's a celebration of a reminder of God's love for us, the long suffering and the mercy of God that he sent his son. He loved us so much. He sent his son for us. But in that love and in that mercy... There is also the judgment, the holiness, and the righteousness of God.
0: Stop and think about the list of things you have to do every year around this time of year. There's always that one person that is nearly impossible to buy for. The family dinner needs to be planned. Oh, and don't forget to climb up into the attic and get all the ornaments down for the tree. It's easy to lose sight of what's important during the Christmas season. The last time you were here with us, Pastor David began sharing with us the history behind Advent today we'll continue to learn more now here's pastor david with part two of today's message the understanding of advent
1: In Isaiah chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks, Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now, you might look at that this morning and say, Pastor, what in the world does that have to do with the Christmas celebration? Well, it has a lot to do with it if you're a Jew. Because for the Jew, this was their fullness of their understanding of Messiah. That when Messiah comes... He would then bring peace upon the land. He would take out all of Israel's enemies, and Israel itself would rise up again as a great and a powerful nation. He would set all things in order. He would restore peace throughout not only Israel, but throughout the whole world. The Jews' understanding is is that Messiah would bring with him the strength and the authority to judge all of the nations, to punish the wicked, and to change the hearts of the people no longer would there be any more battles no 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 more wars no more need for learning war going to schools of battle strategy messiah would be a prince of peace we look at this and we understand too as we even see in isaiah a little bit later in chapter 9 this concept of who messiah should be Look with me, if you're still in Isaiah, flip on over to chapter 9. The very familiar verse should be to all of us. In chapter 9 of Isaiah, we'll skip down to verse 6. He says, for unto us, what? A child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. You see, for the Jew, they understood that when Messiah comes, he comes as that prince of peace, and he was going to establish this kingdom of peace. Swords would no longer be necessary as weapons of war. Spears could be done away with. They'd be changed around to be pruning hooks. There'd no longer be any need for, uh, again, the battles, the issues of life because Messiah was coming. You see, Israel looked for her Messiah, but she missed the fact that it was a child that was being born. They looked for a warrior and yet they missed what Isaiah had told them also about Messiah in chapters 52 and 53, that Messiah would first become a suffering servant. They looked for a reigning and, and a glorious king, and yet they missed the man of sorrows acquainted with grief. You could see how for the Jews when Christ came, for them, man, that he couldn't be Messiah. It's not what we're looking for. It's not the one that we are anticipating they fully overlooked the prophecy of Daniel that explained to them that there would come a time that, yes, Messiah would be here, but there would come a time that he would be cut off. He would be cut off, but only for a season. As we read here in Isaiah chapter 2, the light of the Lord would shine upon them. But even as John the apostle declares to us, let's us, uh be aware of the fact that though that light came, it came and it gave light to everyone in the world. The fact was he was in the world and the world was made through him, but yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. They looked for peace and yet they actually missed the Prince of Peace. As David wrote in Psalm 122 that was read earlier, those of us who know Messiah, we need to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But just as it's true for every man from every nation... Israel needs to come to a knowledge of the true Messiah, the true Prince of Peace, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of Mary, child in the manger, infant of Mary, outcast and stranger, yet Lord of all. The time is well past, and even right now, the seconds, I believe, are ticking off as we await the second advent the second coming of messiah the apostle paul in the first century he understood that he anticipated that the church of the first century so anticipated the second coming of christ that it would come that he would come even in their lifetime that they lived with that full expectancy but let's face it folks it's been 2000 years and he hasn't come back yet so unfortunately in many ways the church is kind of lulled into a restful, almost sleep. Not with anxious anticipation. Not with a a feeling that at any moment, at any day, he could come. Yet Paul tells us in Romans 13, says, do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, if Paul was writing that in the first century, How much nearer is it for us now in the 21st century? Much closer than when we first believed. Paul continues to write on. He says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on that armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and in drunkenness, not in lewdness and in lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Jesus gave parable after parable. We've looked at many of them as we've been going through the gospel according to Luke of the effect that, yes, when the the master or the head of the house leaves, the servants, many times, they'll they'll slip into this this attitude of non-caring, this attitude of, oh, he's going to be gone for a long time. I don't need to be anxious about his coming. I don't need to be prepared for his coming. But yet Jesus' word to his disciples over and over and over again, the master is coming, and he's coming at a time that you're not going to be ready for. And how true I believe that that is for the church today. We've gotten so comfortable in the way things are, and yet we don't realize that that prophetic clock, and how close is it to that final second of that final hour when the Lord comes again. You see, Paul understood even 2,000 years ago, he understood the shortness of the time. He understood that that prophetic clock of the Old Testament was still ticking, and with each tick, the time drew closer and closer to the coming of the Lord's return. For him, it was a moment-by-moment preparation and anticipation of the Lord's return. He, along with Peter, understood that the Lord's promises, they weren't made flippantly, they weren't made in vain, and they understood that there's going to be many that say, well, he hasn't come back yet. It's been years and years. And yet even Peter wrote in Second Peter, he says, the Lord isn't slack. You need to understand the Lord's not slack concerning his promises. Some count it as slackness. But our Lord is long-suffering toward us. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord hasn't come back yet. And some of us ought to say, amen. I'm glad that he hasn't. Because what happened if he'd come the day before you came to Christ? What happened if he came the year before you came to a saving knowledge of Christ? Where would your eternity be? You see, the Lord isn't slack concerning his promise. He's just long-suffering. He doesn't want anyone to spend an eternity in hell and away from his presence. And so he keeps pouring out his truth to nation after nation, to people after people in order to bring people to a repentance, to bring people into relationship with him, to bring people to an surety of salvation and a knowledge that for eternity they'll be able to be in his presence. So the second advent still needs to take place. Question for you this morning is Are you ready for his coming? Or are you anticipating his coming? This is the time of the year when we all need to be reminded, yeah, Christmas is for the the first coming. That's a celebration of the first coming. But that first coming needs to be an automatic reminder that though he came that first time, he's also coming a second time. And as sure as he came the first time, he will come the second time. Jesus himself declared, as I shared a moment ago, no one knows that exact day, but we ought to be prepared as though that day were today today. Look with me, if you would, in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 and 25 is some of Jesus' most direct and, 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 and clear teachings of his second coming. Matthew chapter 24. Look down in verse 36 with me, if you would. And Jesus, speaking of his coming again, He says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the Coming of the Son of Man be. and Down in verse 42, he says, Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Verse 44, Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Just as in the days of Noah, just as in the days of Noah. Ah, people marrying, getting married, life going on, the ins and outs of life, the busyness of life, and people so far away from focusing on their relationship with God, just busy about stuff. And we so easily, we can look around the world today and we can see the, 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 the enormously vast majority of people so busy about life, they never take time to consider God in their life. They never take time to consider the Word and the principles and the declarations of who Christ is in their life. They never take time to consider that just as there was an eternity before there's also eternity yet to come and even in our educational system even in our understanding we're talking oh no you know life comes boom we're only here for a short time and then it's over it's done with but beloved let me assure you on the authority of god's word there's an eternity that stands before each one of us and mankind is so busy about these 80 90 100 years that we live here That they don't ponder eternity. You know the sad declaration is the sad truth of that is many within what's called the church are the same way. We get so busy about the here and now that we forget about or we don't ponder the hereafter and what awaits us. Oh. This is a time for celebration. I understand that. We wanna celebrate. We wanna get with family. We We wanna have a, a time of rejoicing together. But understand fully and completely what this celebration is all about. It's a celebration of a reminder of God's love for us, the long suffering and the mercy of God that he sent his son. He loved us so much. He sent his son for us. But in that love and in that mercy, There is also the judgment, the holiness, and the righteousness of God that's going to be revealed in a very real way at that second coming. Today, we celebrate. It's good to celebrate. It's good to be reminded of the love and of the compassion of God towards all of humanity. His common graces cover all of humanity. We celebrate the first advent. We celebrate that that first coming of Jesus. And in the midst of that celebration, we see that amazing hand of God being worked out in a multitude of events. Not not circumstances, not in a helter-skelter way, But we see actually God incidences taking place as he puts all these things together. All the right pieces in all the right places and all at the right time brings together the fullness of that prophetic declaration that Isaiah gave us. Yeah, unto us a child is born. Unto us that son was given. That government is going to be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. They could not comprehend that in that first coming of Christ. He came as a suffering servant. He was misused and abused by the very humanity. He came to save. But beloved, when he comes again, he comes as that reigning king. He comes again with an increase of his government and of the peace that he'll bring with him at that point in time. There'll be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Has that happened yet? I don't know. I think we can look around as we realize peace is not here yet in this world. We look even over this last weekend, the attacks and the different things that are happening, not only in our country, but around this world. This is not a time of peace right now. Can he bring peace to individual believers? Yes, we can have peace in the midst of the storm. But again, the overall completeness of the peace won't happen until his millennial reign comes and he truly stands in as the king, as the commander, as the governor, as the authority over all of his creation. The prophets declared, and so it was fulfilled with the birth of the Savior. He came prophetically as the offspring of Abraham. He came as a star coming out of Jacob, a scepter rising out of Israel. He was born, according to the prophecy, a descendant of Judah, a descendant of Jesse, a descendant of King David, and yet he was born of a virgin. He was born in In Bethlehem, and again, all the circumstances that came about, even for him to be born in Bethlehem when his family lived up in Nazareth, how God worked all of these things around and together for that to happen. Born in Bethlehem, and yet, even as the prophecies declare, I called him up out of Egypt. How in the world did he get to Egypt? Well, you know because of the threats of Herod that the family was driven down into Egypt. This is something that God had prophesied years and years before the event ever took place. All of these are just a small portion of the prophetic words that simply deal with his birth and just a short time after. And just as these prophecies and a host of others were were fulfilled in his first advent, in his life, in his ministry, in his death, and in his resurrection, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, being fulfilled, being fulfilled, being fulfilled, Beloved, you can be just as assured as he fulfilled all of those prophecies, he's also going to fulfill the prophecies of his second advent. When we look around us, it seems to us, seems to me, that the world's ripe for his coming. As in the times of Noah. Yeah, we look at the craziness of the world and say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly. So let me ask you, are you personally ready? Or what sign are you waiting for? What special word needs to pass through your ears to get you prepared? As a non-believer, if you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. You don't know that your sin is forgiven. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a great sign in the heavens? Beloved, you need to just look all around you because God is showing himself that in these days and in these times, the very fullness of his word is being fulfilled. We see historically all that's taken place in Christ and in the church as God has revealed himself and the truth of those promises. If you don't know Christ today, what are you waiting for? What word needs to come through your ears? What word needs to enter your heart to bring you to a brokenness before almighty, all-powerful, all-holy, all-righteous, almighty God? For you as a believer, if you're here today, what needs to take place for you to get your act together and to really prepare yourself that at any moment, at any day, a trumpet shall sound, and I believe in the rapture of the church. I believe that there's going to be a trumpet that comes, and we will rise up to be with the Lord, ever with the Lord. And you know, there's, there's not a prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for that to happen. Nothing. We're, we're, that could happen at any point, at any time. The trumpet could call. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet the Lord. Jesus declared, Watch therefore. If you don't know what hour your Lord is coming, therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. When Christ was born in Bethlehem, there were some that were living in anticipation. We read of Simeon, we read of Anna, we read of others who were anticipating the coming of Messiah. But the rest of the world was just busy about things. And they missed the coming of Messiah. Well, let me assure you, ain't nobody going to miss his second coming. But a whole lot of people are going to be unprepared for it. So even as we celebrate his first advent, make certain your heart is ready for his second
0: Jesus was the long-foretold Savior who many believed would conquer the physical world and reign as king. But his inconspicuous arrival didn't lend itself to that at all. Jesus came into the world as an innocent and tiny baby. While he did grow up to conquer an enemy, it wasn't who the world expected. Jesus took on the greatest enemy of all, the creator of evil and sin. As we continue to study the events surrounding the beginning of Jesus' life here on earth, we hope you see him in a new way and allow him to change you from the inside out. If Pastor David's message today on the open word has been a blessing to you, we'd like to hear from you. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. This Christmas, we'd like to encourage you to take some time to invest in a community of believers. If you haven't yet found a church and you're in the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has a special invitation for you.
1: Hey, thanks, Chris. This is Pastor David. And if you haven't found a church and you're in the Casa Grande area, please accept this special invitation to you. I'd love to meet you in person here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande as our community of believers comes together every week to support each other, to pray for each other, and to spend time learning from the Bible. I hope you have the opportunity to join us for this celebration of our Savior. Please come and find me, introduce yourself, and consider yourself invited. Merry Christmas, and may the fullness of Christ direct you for this coming new year.
0: You'll find more information about Calvary Chapel Casa Grande at theopenword.com. That's all we have for today. Join Pastor David for another teaching from God's Word right here on The Open Word. Make us